This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Welcome to another recording of CNT Talk. I want to talk about um, what it would take. And when I say what it would take, what would it take for you as an individual voter to vote for a member of the other party? So I'm assuming you are uh, registered with a particular party in the United States. Um, and, and be aware that what I'm going to talk about really only applies to Democrats and Republicans. Uh, which side there, if you're an independent voter or if you're um, a voter for another party, a non, non-mainstream party, uh, this may not be as applicable, but I, I want you to be aware of what I'm talking about. So when you walk into a voting booth or table or voting precinct, however your local area works, you have the option uh, when you sit down most times, depending on what it is, um, to choose straight party, meaning if I'm a Democrat, I'm voting for everybody on the Democratic side. If I'm a Republican, I'm voting for everybody on the Republican side. And that doesn't matter if you're using electronic screens or you're poking out the, the chads or you're, you're putting uh, pencil marks or pulling a lever, whatever it is. Now, I used to think for a long time, well, I'm, I'm not going to vote straight party. I have, to, I have to look at each candidate. I have to, I have to determine who is the best person for this, for this role, whatever the role is. And, and sometimes you look at some of the um, some of the titles. You may not even know what that role actually does. I mean, president. I think you have a fairly good idea what a president is. Uh, most people have no idea what a comptroller is. Nobody really knows what an ombudsman really does, uh, unless you're one of them. So there's some things you go, eh, I don't know. I, I guess I'll pick that person. Uh, unless you personally know the individual running, you really don't think about is it the right person completely. What most people do, whether they vote straight party or not, and I would I would contend that a majority of people probably don't vote straight party by pushing the button for everybody, but they end up voting straight party anyway. And, and the reason behind this is we're we're preconditioned to think that that R or D next to the person's name connotates a certain belief system that we all share. So if I see a D, I expect the person to act a certain way, vote a certain way, and behave a certain way. If I see an R, well, then I expect something else. And it may not always be radically different, but it's probably a bit different than uh, the other letter. It doesn't matter which side you're on here. It, it you tend to equate, and this is just this is reality for most people. You tend to equate the the people you like or the things you like with the party you are affiliated with, because that's why you're affiliated with them, right? But that's not always the case. And there's sometimes you disagree with your party. But what would it take for you to vote for the other party? I would contend it doesn't happen very often. We hear about independent voters. And and I, it sounds good on TV to me. It sounds like there's this vast 
number of people out there who who will determine the election, and that's what each voting group is trying to go after, that independent voter. I don't believe there's a vast number of independent voters. They might be registered independent, but I think they tend to vote with one party or another pretty regularly. They're just, for whatever reason, not affiliated with a particular party, either because they don't want to deal with primaries or they don't want to say I'm this versus that, but they tend to vote that way. And I think if you look back at just looking at presidential elections, uh, because those are the, the broadest scan of everything, most of the time you get, well, I said this in the last episode, is there anybody who doesn't like the candidate of their party who's going to vote for the other candidate? I, I find that hard to believe. I find it laughable, actually. Um, I don't care if you're a never-Trumper or you t- despise Biden, but you're a Democrat. You're either not going to vote for that particular spot, maybe, but you're not going to vote for the other party. You're not going to vote for... If you hate Joe Biden and you're a Democrat, you're probably not vote for Donald Trump. You're just not. And vice versa. If you hate Donald Trump, you're probably not voting for Joe Biden. There are exceptions to that, but I think as a general rule, that that would be my thought process. So what would it take for you to vote for the other party? What would it take? Because honestly, if it doesn't matter, the the country is split fairly evenly, depends on which which uh, numbers you look at. I think there's slightly more registered Democrats than there are Republicans, but it's not a, it's not a statistically significant difference. Um, and that would require every single person registered to vote. I think we all know that doesn't happen on a regular basis. There are times when nearly all vote, but even in 2020, you didn't get a hundred percent of the electorate voting. So, that that number means something, but it doesn't mean as much as you might be led to believe. So then an independent group comes in. But again, the independent group isn't really voting independently. They're voting for pretty much the same party they would have voted for anyway had they been affiliated with that party. They're probably not flipping. And you'll see, you'll see the news story. I, I've been a lifelong Republican, but I just cannot vote for Donald Trump. So I'm going to vote for Biden this year. No, you're not. Because then you weren't a lifelong. You might have been a lifelong Republican in name only, but you weren't. You don't go from a lifelong affiliation of a party to, oh, I'm going to vote for the other guy. That, that, that's this year. I just don't like that guy. That, that's not true. It's it's just it's insane when we we build up these stories to act like there's somebody out there that just isn't gonna, just not gonna do it. Or we go we go find uh, Donald Trump's niece. Like we care what she has to say about Donald Trump. So do families love each other all the time? No, they unfortunately do not. So you found somebody who does in his family who doesn't like him, and that's the end all and be all. Liz Cheney hates Donald Trump. Now, I'm not sure exactly why. Is it because of her father? Is it for her own animus? I, I really don't know. I don't think that's really been clearly explored and explained. It's just, she doesn't like Donald Trump. Okay. He is polarizing. 
you like them or you hate them. Nobody's in between like, yeah, I'm squishy. No, you just don't like them or you you love them. Joe Biden's a different animal there. Um, Joe Biden is, uh, he's your slimy politician. He blows with the wind. Whatever the polls say he should feel, that's what he feels. He feels whatever you feel. Whenever you're in the room, I said that last time, whatever you're in the room with, that's what I feel. And I'm in a different room, I, I feel that. You know, I, I don't care for any politician who doesn't take a stand. Now, taking a stand does require you to actually alienate somebody. See, that's the, that's the rub. When you don't agree with somebody and you publicly state that, you might not get their vote. So that's why so many politicians will tell you what you want to hear when they're with you. I, tr- I truly believe that most politicians, you have no idea what they think. I'm not even sure they know what they think. They know what they've been told to say. They know what they've been programmed to give the message of what, what that group needs to hear so that they'll get their votes. Does, does anybody think that uh, Donald Trump is anti-workers? I, I don't think so. Does anybody truly believe that Joe Biden is all for the workers. No, not necessarily because he, he got rid of the, the uh, oil and gas people right at the beginning of his term. He, he signed legislation which removed the Keystone Pipeline. He took away jobs for workers. And then he's, being te- he's telling us, well, I, I believe in the working man. I believe in the working But you don't because you, first day, executive order, you took it away. So obviously you don't believe in the working man. You believe in what you want to believe in. So I ask again, what would it take for you to choose a candidate from the other party? Seriously, take, take away president for a second. Would you choose a senator from the other party and why? What would they have to say for you to choose them? Because remember, you get the whole package you don't just get your issue. You get all the issues. You get everything that could come up during that term, six-year term for that senator, that you may not agree with, but that one issue. Are you a single-issue voter? Dr. Fia, we haven't talked about in a long time for lots of good reasons, he believes there's a lot of people out there that are one-issue voters. I disagree. I think there are one, there's a 1A but there's B, C, D, E, and on down the list. Some people only seem to care about one issue because that's what they're most vocal about. But at the end of the day, they do care about more than one thing because they have to. I can care about jobs and the economy and uh, national security and abortion and any number of things. I can care about all of those. Something's going to be preeminent, and it may change from time to time as to what's preeminent in my mind, but it, you do care about more than one thing because your life is about more than one thing for most people. There may be some single focus people. So I believe that you may be vocal about that issue, but it isn't the only thing you care about. You care about more. So what would it take for you to vote? If you're a Republican, what would it take for you to vote for a Democratic Senate candidate, incumbent or otherwise? What would it take? See, my contention is we're preconditioned to that D and that R. 
We believe when we see that D and that R, we know what that person is. We make a judgment call. Now, people say, I don't make judgment calls. I'm, I'm open-minded. No, you're not. None of us are open-minded. Truly open-minded means you're open to everything. That, well, that's not true because there are certain things you will not do. Are you open to murder? Are you open to robbery? Are you ro- open to harming others for your own benefit? Some people might be, but I don't think everybody's open to everything. Now, I'm, op- I'm only open to certain topics. Okay. There are people who are in favor of abortion. There are those who are against abortion. Are you open-minded about that? Is there any, if you're open to abortion, maybe you can change your mind and realize that abortion is wrong. But if you're anti-abortion, what's going to change other than your circumstances? See, that's the, what's the old phrase? Um, everybody believes in God in the foxhole. A- even atheists believe in God because they're scared. Well, if you're the one uh, in a situation where you have an unwanted pregnancy, maybe suddenly you become a pro-abortion fan because it affects you. See, it's what you do when the stakes are highest, when chips are down, when you have to make a decision that affects you. There are repercussions for your decision. What would you decide? But most people have a, de- have a choice. If, if you give them a binary choice, and tell them they have to make a decision, they'll make a decision. So they're not open to every opportunity or every option. Okay? Even, even a, not a binary. Make it a four or five choices. They'll make a decision. Give them a cheesecake factory menu. Eventually, they'll figure out what they're going to order. Lots of choices there. Lots and lots and lots of choices. But you know what? They'll figure out what they're going to buy, what they're going to order. They may not like their choice after they've gotten it but they will make a choice. Are they open to everything? No. Using the, the uh, menu example again, when you go to a restaurant, and let's say it's an Italian restaurant, you kind of know what you like from Italian, assuming you like Italian. You go in and you say, okay, I'm looking for this. I like lasagna. I like chicken parmesan. I like some pastas. I like cream sauce, I like red sauce. You've, you've, already decide in your head kind of what you're looking for. And then when you find it, you go, oh, I'm going to get that because it sounds good because I've had something like that in the past and it was good. So that's what I'm going to get. But most people don't walk in and go, mm, randomly just boop, plop down whatever my finger hits, that's what I'm buying. That's what I'm getting. Now, there are some people who might live by that credo, but the vast majority do not. We're not open to all options. We are not open-minded people. Nobody is open-minded in the sense that they truly mean open-minded. They might be open, slightly open on a topic. And I emphasize slightly open. But you are not open to anything. You just aren't. I have content, contended for a long time, and I'll tell my friends and family, I'm closed-minded, but I'm honest. Because I'm telling you I'm closed-minded. Hillary Clinton went for a long time saying she was open-minded, except to people who disagree with her. Then she was close-minded to them and their ideas. So she she wasn't truly open-minded. She was a liar. Because you can't say I'm open-minded except to any ideas I don't agree with, and then I'm close-minded to those. Well, then you're not truly open-minded. You're a liar. 
I'm being honest with you. I am close-minded, as are all of you. Made on every topic, but we're all close-minded to certain things. We want things a certain way. We believe they should be a certain way. Now, the question becomes, are you willing to work with people who don't see it the same way you do? Are you willing to say, I'm not so dogmatic that I can only have it my way? I'm willing to say, okay, I like it this way, but I'm willing to accept that I can't have it that way. Go to Burger King. Have it your way. That was one of the slogans at one time. Well, I like mustard on my burger. Burger King doesn't serve mustard on their burgers. They'll give you little packets, but it doesn't come as standard. So I can't truly have it my way. I have to add it myself They'll give me the packets, but I have to add it myself because they don't put mustard on burgers. And I honestly, I don't know why. I don't know what the rationale is, but they don't do it. So it really isn't my way. It's your way within parameters, but not really your way. Got it. Life is no different. What would it take for you to vote for a different party than you normally do, that you're affiliated with? You're a Democrat. What would it take for you to vote for the Republican presidential candidate? And see, there's the question. I don't think that's a possibility. I think elections come down to, especially national elections, or even local or state elections, they come down to voter turnout. The right people turning out and voting for the people they were going to vote for anyway, or mailing in their ballot. That's what it comes down to. It's not about it's not about any candidate going out there and convincing you that suddenly you should vote for me when you are diametrically opposed to me because I have a different letter next to my name. Because let's be very clear on this. When you see a Democratic candidate, you expect him to be progressive. You expect him to be pro-abortion or pro-choice, as I'll say. You expect him to be um, social justice. Um, favor of unions, all that. That's what you expect when you see a D next to their name. And you see a Republican, and you are a Republican, let's put it that way, because the, the perception in media of Republicans is not necessarily the same as what Republican voters think. You expect them to be con- more conservative. You expect them to be big business. You expect them to be um, uh, anti-abortion, um, lower taxes, that kind of thing. Those aren't necessarily true. Um, you know, we had, we had two senators, um, one from Alaska and one from Maine, uh, Susan Collins and uh, Lisa Murkowski. They didn't really, they were both Republicans in name, but I wouldn't necessarily say that they truly embodied, um, traditional Republican values in the same way that I would, they would have, they could have easily slid over to the D and done the similar voting. It wouldn't have changed it. They just had a D next to their name. They weren't, they weren't far left, certainly weren't far right. They were straight down the middle and slightly left on certain issues. And you have people like that. And I don't think you want a democracy or representative democracy full of people who are ultra one way or the other. Because you do have to make some compromises to get something done. Now, again, Tony and I have talked about this many, many times. Not passing legislation 
is a feature, not a bug. I don't, I don't believe that we need more laws, but that's how, that's how politicians determine if they were successful. Look at the laws I got passed. Look at the work I've done. I would contend if you've ever worked in an office, just because somebody was sitting at their desk doesn't mean any work got done. I showed up. I typed a report here and there. I drank coffee. You saw me every day. It doesn't mean somebody was working. It simply means they were there, present. I feel most politicians are present. What meaningful legislation has Bernie Sanders enacted? Has he gotten enacted? He, he doesn't obviously sign the bills. But what has he gotten, gotten done? What did Joe Biden get done? He talks about lots of things he heard about and maybe had his name attached to, but what did he actually do? Well, that's the, that's the problem, isn't it? They showed up. Sometimes, occasionally when they felt like it, when it was necessary. But they didn't do anything. Most politicians don't do anything, but they're judged on what legislation did I get passed? What's my voting record? I can go back to my people. Look, I voted for this. I didn't vote for this. Elect me for another term. Really? You made a decision to vote yay or nay, or in some cases present. That's it. That's all. That's not work. That's, that's, that's base expectations for your job. You know, I've talked about this with sports before. And I think a couple times ago, if you do your job, do you just deserve accolades for having done your job? That's your job. Now, did you risk life and limb to do your job? Well, that's different. But if you show up at an office every day and you produce your TPS report every Monday, like you're supposed to, who cares? Is it going to say in your tombstone? He, he completed his TPS report every Monday. Who cares? You did your job. You got paid. See, that's how I have this discussion with a coworker. A job is you trading your time for money and the company trading their money for your time, your work. That's it. It's very simple. You value the money more than you value your time, and they value your time more than they value money. When those two are not in equality, when you value your time more than the money they're paying, you're not going to be happy there and you're probably going to move on. When they don't value your work or your work product more than their money, they're going to move on from you. That's how life works. So to go out there and say, well, you know, it's, it's fulfilling. It's, it's called a job for a reason. If it was fulfilling, you'd do it for free. I don't know anybody willing to work for free. I don't. They're called volunteers, but they worked all these years so they could volunteer because that's something they're passionate about. Congress is not a volunteer network. It just isn't. President isn't a, well, he didn't take a salary. Trump didn't take a salary. Does that mean we judge him by a different standard because he didn't get paid? No. You took the job. The job was this. Did you do the job or not? Okay. Not... Well, I got legislation passed and I voted yay or nay on a hundred bills. Who cares? It gets tiresome for this. So I leave you this again. Look at yourself. Think deep, deeply about this. 
What would it take for you to vote for a candidate from the other party? And I, I don't have an answer to you for you. I, I do not know the answer because I cannot think of a single candidate in my lifetime of the other party that I would have voted for at a, a state or national level because I don't have any connection. I talked about this before as well. How many, how many state or federal elected officials do you come in contact with ever in your life? Most people, it's none ever. Okay. You don't come in contact with these people. So you don't have a connection to them that would supersede that D or R that you know them as people. See, we have too much distance between ourselves and the people we elect. We don't know them as people. We know what we've seen on TV, the, the carefully crafted message. That's all we know about them. That's it. You don't know anything else about them because you can't know anything else about them. You have no opportunity to get to know them. Even if you've had one interaction in their entire career, you don't know them. Would it be fair to say you know a person you ran into at the grocery store once? They had a conversation while they're standing in line. Now you know that person? Of course you don't. How do we expect to know a politician who, by design, is not doesn't really get nailed down to a particular decision? You go on the voting record, but it doesn't mean you know the person. You know the circumstances maybe around why they voted the way they did. Maybe. I would contend it's probably their own self-interest is what they usually vote for. But think about that the next time you step in front of a, a voting booth. What would it take for me to choose somebody from the party I'm not affiliated with or don't normally vote with? What would it take? And before you go in, try to figure out if there's any candidates out there who might meet that criteria for you. There's probably very few because you've already preconditioned yourself to want one or the other. But think about it. Thanks for joining me. I'm Chad. Talk to you next time. This has been a Hannah Tree production.